Okay, welcome back to Hellspan. This is part two of Dirty Jeans by Dr. Ben Lynch. In this episode, I will be going over four of the seven genes that Dr. Ben Lynch talks about in this book. Those being MTHFR, COMT, DAO, and MAOA. So we're going to begin with MTHFR. MTHFR, again, stands for methyl N-O-tetrahydrofolate reductase. I'm only going to say that once, and I'll just abbreviate it as MTHFR. The MTHFR gene is crucial to the methylation cycle. And the methylation cycle is the process by which your body's genes, enzymes, and biochemicals receive the methyl groups that they need to function properly. Now, if you listened to the previous episode, I went into great detail about what a methyl group is. Just to quickly recap, a methyl group is a CH3 molecule that can bind to regions of your DNA and silence the genes or turn on the genes depending on which genes they attach to. So again, the methyl will come by, for example, to a promoter region and turn off gene transcription. That gene and that sequence of DNA cannot be read, it cannot be transcribed into RNA, and the RNA cannot be translated into proteins, and those proteins cannot be functioning if the gene is silent. So again, that's what methylation is. And the methylation cycle begins with this MTHFR gene. Now, what are the effects of having this quote-unquote dirty MTHFR gene? Well, the entire methylation cycle is disrupted, affecting things like antioxidant production, brain chemistry, cell repair, detoxification, energy production, genetic expression, immune immune response, inflammation, and many other crucial processes. So what are some signs of a dirty MTHFR? Well, some common signs of MTHFR, um, you know, this dirty gene is if you have things like anxiety, brain fog, chemical sensitivity, depression, irritability, and some hair trigger uh, temper. Now, this is a common problematic theme with this book. And one of the main reasons I didn't enjoy this book is because a lot of times when he's describing people with this problem, he kind of has these people with these broad strokes and kind of puts people into baskets. There's these symptoms that are just so broad where you kind of think to yourself like, oh, maybe I have this problem. Um, And you'll see why that's a problem down the road. But some potential strengths of dirty MTHFR is that you might have increased alertness. uh, You can have a decreased risk of colon cancer, really good focus, um, good DNA repair and uh, productivity. But I'll come back to why uh, this problematic theme of, you know, generalizing people and generalizing people's problems. Uh, I'll come back to that later. Uh, But for now, I just want to focus on this methylation cycle. So methylation cycle, more than 200 of your body's vital functions rely on methylation. Again, adding a CH3 molecule uh, to an enzyme or neurotransmitter or whatever. And here's the analogy that he gives. So think of 200 functions or processes as 200 different gardens located throughout your body. Just as gardens need water, so do those processes need methyl groups. The methylation cycle is like an irrigation system that draws water from a clean, clear lake and distributes it to all the gardens. If something blocks or disrupts or dirties the irrigation system, some or all of those 200 gardens won't get the water they need. So that's the analogy that he gives you want to think of the methylation cycle as this irrigation system, and it's irrigating these different gardens 
which kind of translate to, let's say, like horm different hormones, neurotransmitters, uh, enzymes, etc., to function. Now, how does this actually work? So we take the MTHFR gene and we pass that onto folate and that folate becomes methylated. The methylfolate will then, after getting methylated, produce homocysteine. Homocysteine, again, is just this, uh, it's another amino acid. And eventually, the homocysteine will get um, methylated again to methionine. The methionine will eventually get turned into SAM, or S-adenosyl methionine. So the final quote-unquote bucket ends up in the hands of this biochemical called S-adenosyl methionine, or SAMI. And that is the player that ultimately passes those methyl groups on to the 200 functions or processes that need them. So it all begins again with the MTHFR. And after, at the end, SAMI has you know, successfully passed on its methyl group, it becomes this uh, different biochemical known as homocysteine. Now, I already mentioned homocysteine. Uh, homocysteine is the end product of methylation, but it's also the beginning. So when your body is healthy and the methylation cycle is working well, homocysteine gets scooped up, methylated, and eventually turns into SAMI, and the whole cycle begins again. So that's the whole methylation cycle. It begins with MTHFR. Um, the methyl group gets passed on to, um, you know, the MTHFR gets the process going by passing a methyl group to folate. That methylfolate then interacts with uh, homocysteine, and passing the methyl group to it, and now homocysteine is methylated and becomes methionine, and, and so on. So that's the, that's the whole cycle. It's a cyclical process. And just as a quick side note, for this methylation process and cycle to work, we also need B12 as well, so methylcobalamin. As we've seen, folate or B9 and MTHFR are crucial to your methylation cycle. However, they can't do their job without another B vitamin called methylcobalamin, aka B12. Your methylation cycle depends on the teamwork of methylfolate and methylcobalamin. If either of these nutrients is deficient, your methylation cycle can't get a good start, and those 200 vital processes will never get the methyl group that they need. So again, we need B12. We need to get B12s from our animal proteins. Uh, animal proteins are basically the only place you can get B12. So B12 is important for not only preventing you know, macrocytic anemia, but also preventing against, uh, you know, poor methylation function. Now, sometimes the transformation occurs so that your body can use uh, these new compounds, and sometimes it occurs so that, you know, your body can expel them. So things become methylated so you can use them, but they also become methylated so you can expel them. So some of the common compounds um, that need to be methylated are, for example, phosphatidylcholine, which I talked about previously, that needs to be methylated, Creatine also needs to be methylated, and melatonin also be, needs to be methylated. So methylated serotonin becomes melatonin, which you need to you know, help uh, decrease arousal and help you fall asleep. And again, all these compounds need to be methylated to function. So if methylation is not working properly, these different hormones, neurotransmitters, uh, you know, creatine, choline, melatonin, they're not going to be functioning. Now, compounds also be, need to be methylated uh, in order to be expelled, for example, arsenic. When arsenic is methylated, it stops being active and your body can help flush it out. And histamine also is a powerful you know, immune system compound that I'm going to discuss later when I get to uh, the DAOI enzyme. 
um, but we need, we need histamine to be methylated as well in order to be expelled. We also need estrogen to be methylated in order to be expelled. So unmethylated estrogen is active, but methylated estrogen is expelled from your body. So methylation protects you from excess estrogen, which can cause things like PMS, menstrual issues, and the risk of estrogen-related cancers. So you can see there's this dynamic between uh, methylation and how you need methylation not only for production, but also for excretion as well. Okay, on to the next section is the homocysteine conversion. So your body has two choices for this kind of leftover, you know, SAMI, the S-A-M-S-adenosylmethionine. You can either do this quote-unquote more cookies option where homocysteine is methylated and goes right back into the cycle, or you can do quote-unquote something completely different. So homocysteine is used to make glutathione, for example, which is a key detox biochemical, and I'm going to go into glutathione extensively in uh, this next episode when I talk about the GST gene. Um, but for now, just remember that the leftover S-adenosyl methionine or SAMI can either be recycled or can be used for something else. Now, the decision is really easy for your genes. If your body is in good shape, not too stressed, everything is working fine, homocysteine goes right back into the methylation cycle. But if it's not, it needs to be used for something completely different like making glutathione. And the point is, you don't want to overstress your MTHFR gene, and you want it to be used, you know, pretty much solely for recycling and not for something completely different. Um, so that's MTHFR. Uh, just to quickly move forward, um, he has this section of, about choline and the choline shortcut. So again, choline is this uh, molecule found uh, in things like eggs and, and other anim animal products. And it's, it's, it's really important for people to have sufficient choline to make acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter that helps in you know, cognitive function and executive function. Um, so if your body doesn't have enough methylfolate or B12, as I mentioned, to manage this methylation cycle, it recognizes the problem and takes what he calls the quote-unquote choline shortcut. So this shortcut, like the methylation cycle, methylates homocysteine, but instead of relying on the B vitamins for that task, it relies on uh, choline instead, which again can be found in things like eggs, you know, red meat, poultry, fish, caviar, liver, and other organ meats. Although you can get choline from some vegetables like spinach and beets, most vegans and vegetarians are deficient in it, just as they, as they are deficient in B12. Now, vegans and vegetarians, as he writes here, you guys do need to supplement with choline and B12 regardless of whether you have a dirty MTHFR gene or not. Now, this choline shortcut may work for some time, but you can't rely on it permanently. It's an emergency shortcut that your body follows to protect your liver and your kidneys. The point is, you want to have proper methylation function and not rely on the choline that's in your body you know, to be used for proper methylation. So what is some stuff you can do? What are some stuff you can do right now to help with uh, making the most of your MTHFR gene? Well, you can do things like uh, filter your water, drinking water and by removing stuff in your water like arsenic, chlorine, and unwanted chemicals, you reduce the work of your dirty MTHFR gene and what it has to do. Now, remember I said with uh, MTHFR, you can either recycle or use it for something else. You want to get rid of all those something else 
so you can have your MTHFR gene just being recycled and doing what it needs to do. You can eat more leafy green vegetables. Um, leafy green vegetables are key for you. Eat them and eat them often so you get enough folate in your diet. And last but not least, make sure you're getting enough B12. So eat sufficient grass-fed beef, uh, lamb, eggs, crab, clams, and dark meat fish. Again, you need cobalamin or B12 to support your methylation cycle. So that's finishing off with MTHFR. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next gene that he discusses in this book, and that is COMPT. So COMPT, again, is catechol O methyltransferase, COMPT. And this COMPT gene determines your ability to process catechols, estrogen, and some major neurotransmitters like dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. Catechols are compounds found in greens, uh, green and black tea, coffee, chocolate, and a few green spices like peppermint, parsley, and thyme, as well as in the supplement EGCG uh, and quercetin. Now, neurotransmitters, as a quick review, are just biochemicals that in the brain really enable us to process thought and emotion. He kind of goes into dopamine, uh, epinephrine, norepinephrine, what they do in your brain and your body. The point is, this COMPT gene is the one needed to process and degrade these neurotransmitters. So what happens if you have a dirty COMPT? Well, the, if, let's say you have a slow COMPT, a slow time breaking down these neurotransmitters. Well, you're simply going to get more of these neurotransmitters. You may not be able to clear out the catechols like estrogen, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine from your system. As a result, they remain in your system longer than they should with a variety of physical and psychological effects. Well, what happens if your COMPT works too well and they get broken down too fast? Well, you clear the catechols, estrogen, dopamine, uh, norepinephrine, epinephrine too quickly from your system. As a result, they leave your system sooner than they should with a variety of physical and psychological effects. So what are some signs of a dirty COMPT? Well, common signs include, you know, uh, too much uh, confidence, energy, enthusiasm, strong sexual function, you know, certain estrogen issues like uh, PMS, again, fibroids, um, breast cancer, uh, pain intolerance, sleep difficulties, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. Again, I'm hearkening back to this problematic theme that he has. He kind of, Ben Lynch, this naturopathic doctor, kind of groups these people into large baskets and, and places people into the, in, into the idea that you have this problem. Now, I'm pushing this so hard because Ben Lynch sells supplements online. He says, okay, you have this problem with you. Um, you can go ahead and buy this supplement to make you feel better. So there's some sort of ulterior motive that he has. Um, he's, again, he's putting people in these broad, broad strokes, broad baskets, thinking to yourself like, oh, I have, I have a problem. Um, I need to go ahead and, and fix this problem by buying supplements. That's the way I'm seeing it. Uh, I'm sure he's in. He has good interest, but he's also selling supplements to help you with these "quote unquote" dirty genes. Um, so that's the problematic theme that I have with this book, uh, and you see it with every single gene that he talks about. But that's just a side tangent, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm going to move forward and discuss the methylation cycle again and COMPT. So remember one of those methyl groups that I talked about. One of those methyl groups goes on to an enzyme produced by your COMPT gene, which is the COMPT enzyme. Now, when the COMPT enzyme gets methylated, 
two processes occur. Estrogen becomes methylated and expelled from your body, and your stress neurotransmitters are also methylated. So methylated dopamine is readily expelled from your body by another set of enzymes. Methylated norepinephrine becomes epinephrine, and methylated epinephrine is ready to be expelled from your body by another set of enzymes. So you see again where this MTHFR and methylation uh, comes into play. We need methylation of COMPT to do, to do COMPT's enzyme function. So again, this COMPT gene is producing this enzyme, also called COMPT, and that COMPT is eventually using methylation to help break down things in your body like estrogen, like, like these different neurotransmitters that I talked about. Now, what makes a COMPT quote-unquote dirty? Well, he talks about how not enough of the SAMI, uh, having low homocysteine levels, uh, excess of tea, coffee, or chocolate, too much stress, uh, excessive weight, which may build up uh, too much estrogen in your body, and overexposure to xenoestrogens in plastics, you know, care products, stuff like that. That stuff can really have um, an, this kind of uh, dirtying effect of your comp tea. Now, this may seem like a side tangent, but I'm going to be discussing Ritalin and Adderall for a quick second. So if your kid struggles with ADHD, he or she might be prescribed methylphenidate, otherwise known as Ritalin. The effect of Ritalin and Adderall as well increases dopamine levels. It prevents the uptake of dopamine, leaving these neurotransmitters longer in the synapse, allowing their effect to work better. So both Ritalin and Adderall work this way. Uh, the problem is long-term, you know, you don't want to be taking these medications for a long-term. The reason is Adderall is also, it's basically an amphetamine. So it's thought to make dopamine and norepinephrine more available to your brain. The problem is if you use it too often, you get a rebound effect. So overall, your, your baseline brain levels of dopamine go down, kind of waiting for the next hit of Adderall to bump them up. And overall, you get dopamine depletion uh, plus cell death from amphetamine. So, so where am I going with, with this? Um, what, what should you do instead? Uh, as it turns out, dopamine is, is made from uh, protein, specifically the amino acid tyrosine, which you can get from animals, um, from both animal and vegetable forms of protein. So Ben Lynch's oldest son, his name is Tasman, he actually suffered from ADHD. And instead of giving him these medications like Ritalin and Adderall, what he was simply doing is giving him tyrosine, which again is this precursor amino acid to dopamine um, and to these other neurotransmitters that um, help increase you know, the, the levels and the quantity uh, in, the, in the brain. So instead of giving your kid Ritalin and Adderall, you can uh, you know, help a kid. Let's say your kid does have this quote-unquote fast comp T where they are breaking down too much of their neurotransmitters. You can give them tyrosine instead in foods, um, in certain foods, to help really, um, you know, boost their levels naturally instead of just giving them a compound. So for both slow and fast COMPT, what do you want to do? Optimize your weight. I discussed that already. Um, avoid as much as possible any contact between, you know, your food and plastics. So plastics, again, have these xenoestrogens that um, may mimic the effects of estrogen. Um, you know, try to meditate a few times a day. He also gives uh, other hints like um, 
avoid certain herbicides, uh, eat as clean as possible, etc. So that that's the CompT gene. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move forward and talk about the next one, which is the uh, DAO gene. So DAO, again, is the diamine oxidase gene. And the primary function of the DAO gene is to produce the DAO enzyme. So you see this with most genes. Most genes produce the same name of an enzyme. And this DAO enzyme specifically helps process a key biochemical called histamine. So the DAO gene is focused on expelling the histamine that lives outside your cells and mainly in your you know, GI tract, your gut. If you have a dirty DAO gene, you tend to overreact to the histamine in your gut. As a result, you're more likely to, to develop food sensitivities and also allergic reactions. Let's say you have a dirty DAO gene, this quote-unquote dirty DAO gene. You might often feel irritable, hot or itchy after eating. You can't tolerate citrus, uh, fish, wine, or cheese. If your skin gets scratched, it's, it stays red for several minutes. You can't tolerate yogurt, sauerkraut, or kefir. You can't tolerate uh, shellfish. Uh, you can't tolerate alcohol. You can't tolerate chocolate. Uh, you have sweaty feet. You're frequently itching. Your, your eyes often itch. They water. Stuff like that. That's potentially what may be occurring if you have this quote-unquote dirty DAO gene. Now again, what does DAO do? It helps process histamine. Histamine is this ubiquitous compound in your body that has a wide variety of functions. It does stuff like uh, vasodilate blood vessels. It causes, uh, you know, CNS or central nervous system arousal to help keep you awake. And one of the key functions of histamine is also to combat pathogens in your gut. It's also needed for gut motility and it, finally, it's needed for secretion of acids into your into your stomach in order to, di to digest proteins. So the way it works is histamine gets released from these enterochromaffin cells in your stomach. They'll bind to histamine receptors, and this will end up stimulating parietal cells, which ultimately give you hydrogen ions in your stomach. This forms, you know, the hydrochloric acid that eventually helps you digest protein. So we see histamine is very important in various functions but at the same time you can have overactive histamine and get those things like i talked about where you get you know eczema um you know insomnia irritability joint pain stuff like that some high histamine foods and drinks include aged cheese alcohol bone broth chocolate uh, citrus fruits i i went over this list already um and to move forward um it's also important not to have a leaky gut. Um, if you if you have a leaky gut, you also you also get this more release of histamine into your bloodstream, and um, you know this leaky gut or intestinal permeability can also be contributing to high histamine levels as well as your you know quote unquote dirty DAO gene. And we know antihistamines don't really work. So here's another problem with too much histamine in your gut: it can cause acid reflux and heartburn. In fact, the class of antiacids known as uh, PPIs or proton pump inhibitors behave like antihistamines and block your histamine receptor. But like antihistamines, antiacids don't lower your histamine level. So they just really change the body's response to histamine. So he would so much rather you stop eating hist high histamine foods in the first place 
and clean up your DAO gene rather than just take these, you know, medications like Prilosec or Zantac. Now, what are some key nutrients for a healthy DAO gene? Well, you need calcium. So the two primary nutrients that your DAO genes need to work properly are calcium and copper. Calcium you can get from things like kale, broccoli, uh, sprouted grains and beans, uh, bok choy, almonds, and you can get copper from things like beef liver, sunflower seeds, lentils, almonds, uh, asparagus, and turnip greens. You also need to nourish your body with foods that balance high uh, acid or acid-generating foods like almond milk, again, asparagus, avocado oil, beets, broccoli, kale, kelp, etc. So that's really how to optimize your DAO gene. Uh, and just to finish off with this last gene, I'm, I'll be going over it's the MAOA, monoamine oxidase A gene. Uh, an amine group is just a nitrogen compound compared uh, attached to three different like R chains. So like, for example, NH3, that's an amine group. So this monoamine oxidase A gene, what does it do? Well, like the other genes, it's producing this enzyme. And the main, the MAO gene produces the MAO enzyme. And this enzyme helps um, you process two key neurotransmitters, those being dopamine and norepinephrine, both of which enable you to rev up your body's response to stress. The MAOA enzyme also helps you process serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that enables you to really feel calm and optimistic. It's involved in uh, you know mood, uh, appetite, stuff like that. If you have a dirty MAOA gene, um, here's this laundry list that he, he gives here. So, for example, if you've been diagnosed with ADHD, uh, if major depression is common in your family, if alcoholism is present in your family, if you feel that you're addicted to carbs, if you do better when you eat more protein, um, if you feel like you can't focus for a long time, he has this laundry list here that, you know, if you have a dirty MAO gene, you know, this, it might be because of, uh, you, you might have an MAO dirty gene. Um, and th these are some of the side effects that, you know, could be occurring. Again, it's the same problem that I had. He's putting this laundry list of, of symptoms where you're thinking like to yourself, oh, I have this problem. I need to be taking this, um, you know, supplement that he's selling in order to feel better. Um, so MAO inhibitors, long time ago, we, we look at the etiology of depression. We know depression really stems from uh, this chemical imbalance in your brain, the really lack of serotonin, the lack of epinephrine, norepinephrine, and dopamine. Uh, so we kind of develop these MAO inhibitors like selegiline, uh, razagline, hydrazine, uh, phenylzine. These are different MAO inhibitors. So they increase the, so similar to, you know, other COMP-T uh, and MAO, these genes help break down the neurotransmitters. So by inhibiting the breakdown of neurotransmitters, you're getting a higher, you know, dose in the synapse, allowing them to work better. So unfortunately, these MAO and MAOI inhibitors, they had a lot of side effects like withdrawals, had a lot of drug interactions, caused things like a hypertensive crisis. So unfortunately, these, you know, the MAOI inhibitors or MAO inhibitors don't actually work. Instead, you just want to have 
um, good functioning MAO gene. And you do this by, you know, for your MAO A to function properly, you really need two compounds, riboflavin and tryptophan. So riboflavin or B2, you can get from things like liver, lamb, mushroom, spinach, almonds. And you also need tryptophan as well, which you can get from things like spinach, uh, seaweed, mushrooms, pumpkin seeds, uh, turnip, green, turnip greens, red lettuce, and asparagus. So those are the two things you need for a healthy MAOA gene. Um, I'm running kind of long here, so I'll, I'll end it here. And next episode, I'll focus on the last three genes. So today we went over MTHFR, COMP-T, DAO, and MAOA. And you can see how these genes play a huge role in you know a wide variety of functions in your body and how if they're not functioning properly, they can lead to a lot of different symptoms that are kind of broad strokes. And, um, you know, this is the reason I really didn't enjoy this book is because he, I'll say it for one last time, he puts you in this basket thinking that you have this problem. And of course, he sells supplements online to, you know, to support your functions. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and end the podcast here. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope, hope you learned something about uh, MTHFR or CompT, DAO or MAOA. Thanks for listening. And then next week or next episode, I'll be finishing off the last three genes, which are GST, uh, PEMT, and also NOS3. So thank you for listening and I hope you tune in next time.